0: Welcome to Safe Haven, my name is um, Troy Nicholson and I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Safe Haven and um, I, I kind of want to begin by just saying I just love our church. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love that there's no professional, right? Um, so many people have led us today and so many more will continue to lead us um, whether it's through the reading of the word or through prayer or it's different ages and different genders and Different people playing all kind of stuff. Um, I mean, as the fantastic Spaniard walks off, I mean, look at him. (laughs) Killing it, right? (laughs) Uh, But anyways, I just love it. I I love that this is a place where you can fly your gifts no matter who you are, um, and you can help us grow in the Lord. Um, So if you're not plugged in, plug in at Safe Haven. Um, uh, We love you. I love you. It's Anyway, okay. Uh, Love and war, right? That's what we're doing. Um, So we began a series, just uh, kind of a topical series on relationships. And what does it look like? Um, That in relationships, there's both aspects of love, and there's also very real aspects of war. And so just as a recap from last week, it'll be on the screen above. Our first week, we just kind of looked at what does it mean in relationships to have contentment? Because contentment really is the pillar from which all relationships either thrive and or crumble. So we all begin with just kind of contentment, and and my argument last week was this, that contentment has a deeper meaning than wondering when life is finally going to begin. And so we just kind of looked at that from a singles aspect of, well, one day I'll finally reach this and find contentment, or married people often will say, well, if I could just get to this, then I would find contentment, and it's not in where we go but in where we are is where we find true joy and so if you missed that it's on the website go check it out Um, today may not make as much sense hopefully it'll make some sense unless you understand last week and so contentment being that theme basically what we said was this is if god is sovereign and he is then he's not shocked where you are relationally. He's not shocked if you're single. He's not shocked if you're divorced. He's not shocked if you're struggling. He's not shocked if you're happy. He's not shocked if you're married. Our God is not shocked where you're at. And so that in and of itself is a reason for us to be content. Um, And so then this reminder that it's all grace. When in our sin, we really deserve nothing. So what we currently have, contentment-wise, is infinitely greater than what we actually deserve. Because we deserve nothing. And so which leads to the next thing, so yes, rejoice in what you have, but most of all, if you're a Christian, rejoice that you have Him. And so that being our level of contentment. So I guess I could say it this way, last week we kind of had a DTR, right? Define the relationship. So if last week was a DTR to find the relationship, then this week, maybe we could say it this way, is an ATR. Um, Maybe we could say, how do you apply that? So how do you apply the relationship that we have? In other words, how do we experience and enjoy the relationship status that we're currently in? It's kind of where we're getting at today. And so I want to dive through that. This week's going to be far more practical than last week. It's also going to be far shorter than last week. I, looked on, I heard some subtle amens there, right? Um, when I looked on the website and uh, I thought they lied and like, maybe duplicated, I was like, whoa! Uh, so it'll be far shorter, but far more applicable this week. What we're going to get at this week, in, as far as relationship goes, we might even just call it recreational. What is the recreation that God has for singles and also the recreation that God has for marriages or united versus independent. What is the recreation that God has, and how does that recreation cause us to truly thrive? Okay, Um, so that's what we're going to kind of look at. How do you thrive in the relationship status that you're currently in? Um, God's designed both marriage and singleness to be something that could bring us joy. Now, it can certainly bring us lots of pain, um, but we're not going to focus on the pain aspect today. We're going to focus on the joy aspect. Where where is God cultivating joy within singleness but also in marriages? Um, And you may say, I can hear you right now, I can hear your thoughts. But Troy, my singleness feels like handcuffs to me right now, keeping me from joy. And then I can even hear from some married people, but my marriage is handcuffs keeping me from joy. Now, I'm not going to point out you guys snickering and smiling right now because that would embarrass you, right? Like, you know who you are, how you fit in that category. Troy, this feels like handcuffs. I'm, I'm missing out on what could be. No, 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 no. No, no, you're not. We find discontentment when we miss out on what currently is. Not on what could be, but what on currently is. is kind of the argument. In other words, God's designed marriage to, to, to free us, but man has distorted it when we get out of bounds with recreation, and that'll hopefully make a little more sense in just a second, in a second. So in other words, when we don't thrive in recreation and how God designed both singleness and marriage, that's the moment that we choke the life out of our relationship status. Um, So let's dive in and, and let's look at God's practical design for how to live out recreational joy as both singles and married. So instead of the war aspect of the billboard. This is maybe more the love aspect today. Number one, I'd say this. It'll be on the screen above. Relational joy exists within God-given boundaries. doesn't matter if you're single or married. Within God-given boundaries, that's where relational joy currently exists. So if you're missing out on joy in where you exist relationally, maybe some of this will make sense. How many of you in here are suckers for a good roller coaster. All right? Where are my roller coaster people? Let's, I mean, do it, do it like the roller coaster with both hands, okay? I mean, you can even do this. Okay. I am a sucker for a good roller coaster. And here's why because on a roller coaster, you can experience exclusive heights that you could not experience without the roller coaster. You can experience exclusive speeds, right? I mean, when you're on Goliath at Six Flags, which I will argue is the best roller coaster currently in the southeast, okay? I know all you Disney World folks, you are totally warped, all right? I will take Six Flags every day over Disney World, all right? It's a real man's amusement park, Um, and it's a lot cheaper too, so it fits in the budget. Um, But nonetheless, you you go get on Goliath, and I mean, that sucker takes off, and you're up high, and then your hair is... (laughs) or lack thereof, is whipping in the wind. You know, you you feel that, you you experience those G's, the physics. But here's the deal. It's only joyful if you stay within the boundaries prescribed to experience that joy. Right? You're going to lose all joy the moment that you decide, I don't really need this (laughs) seatbelt. Or the moment you go, I don't really need this harness. Okay? And the moment that you take those boundaries off is the moment that you, well, die. (laughs) Okay? No longer joy anymore. True joy exists within God-given boundaries. Okay, that's number one. Number two, relational joy doesn't only exist within God-given boundaries, but relational joy exists within God-given freedoms. So there's a freedom and a boundary. And the way that we operate within those is the way we experience joy with the current status that you're at, is my argument today. Here's what I mean by that. You may not enjoy a good roller coaster, but how many of you in here enjoy a good seven days at the beach? Huh? Get, get your hands away. Now maybe we could do like sunshine for this. <laughs> okay. There were way more hands for the beach, by the way, than there were the roller coaster. Um, now, here's the deal with the beach. You can experience exclusive... Relaxation, unlike anywhere else, unless you have little kids and then there's no relaxation. Let's <laughs> just gonna get that out. Um, you can also experience exclusive entertainment. Uh, there is some good people watching that goes on at the beach. Um, I watch my kids for hours try to ride the little wafer board, um, the little, um, the bo- yes, boogie board, sl- slim board, the slim board. The skim board. Thank you. I need some people to edit my notes, right? And they get out there and throw that sucker down and chase after it, and I'm the parent that's not cheering them on as in, do it, buddy. I hope you ride that thing for 50 yards. I'm the dad going, I hope you bust your face. <laughs> I mean, in good loving Christian parenting, right? But it's funny when they, when they hit that thing and just kind of, you know, flip off like this. It is. It's good to just experience the freedoms, the exclusive scenery, but it's only joyful if you take advantage of those freedoms, right? If you choose to just go sit in the condo, oh, I hate the sun, I hate the sand, I hate the salt water, and I just saw somebody nudge their spouse, <laughs> right? At that moment, you personally have chosen to not operate with, not in the boundaries, but the what? The freedoms that are offered at the beach. And so when you choose not to function in those freedoms, is the moment that you rob yourself of joy. So boundaries and freedoms. In other words, what I'm trying to say is this, it'll be on the screen. We thrive when we play, live, and function within God-given boundaries and freedoms of our current relationship status, no matter if it's single or no matter if it's married, they both have both. And maybe that's what I will unpack today. Bottom line, there are boundless joys to be experienced if you are a single person. And maybe sometimes we just forget them. There are boundless joys to be experienced as a married person. And maybe it's just sometimes that we forget them. And so that's the goal today. My hope is today that you will indulge yourself and drink afresh and anew of all the joys that God gives us in both marriage, united, handcuffed. (laughs) I shouldn't use the word handcuffed. Take that away. Um, And also singleness, free independent. That's the goal today, is just to kind of look at these things. And I believe this is exactly what Paul's getting to in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. One single verse for safe haven today. Now that, my friends, is an anomaly, because you know we will chew through 52 verses like a beaver gnawing through wood. No idea where that came from, okay? (laughs) One verse, just one verse today. Um, Now the context of this one verse is the church at Corinth. And at the church at Corinth, they were all brand new believers. And so they were wondering, okay, because I'm a new believer and I'm a follower of Christ, how does this alter or change my life? In other words, what are now my freedoms and now what are my boundaries? That's the question they were asking. So it's similar to where we're at today. In other words, how does life change now? And so they said things like this. You can go chew through it in 1 Corinthians 7 yourself. But these are the questions they really asked in this chapter. To me and my wife no longer have sex now that we're Christians? That was a question they really asked. They also add this, well, I'm single, so should I just stay single now that I'm a Christian? They also ask, oh no, I'm single and widowed, so I don't need to stay single at all. Do I need to get married to be a real Christian? They also asked: I'm married, but my spouse is not a believer, so do I stay or do I go? Another question that they ask in this chapter, peculiar, and here we are as Christians asking, okay, I'm in Christ now, so do I really need to stop cussing? Let me tell you what they ask. Well, I'm a believer in Christ now, and I'm uncircumcised, so now do I get circumcised? Right? They're like, what do I do? How does this alter everything about me? Um, They ask this, I'm a slave, so do I seek freedom? They even ask this question. Do we now throw away all this meat we have in the refrigerator that has been sacrificed to idols? What are my boundaries and what are my freedoms? How do I function now that I'm a Christian? And in the midst of all of these questions, there's this one verse. And he clarifies it three times. So for everybody in here who loves to study Scripture, go back and study this chapter. This phrase he's going to clarify three different times in three different ways. But here's what he says on the screen above. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. And I will argue every single day that that is where joy is found in your current relationship status. I think the application is exactly the same. When we learn to lead the life that God has currently assigned to us, That doesn't mean that we're stuck forever there. If you're single, you're going, oh, great. (laughs) Paul is telling me that I have to stay single. No, no, he actually argues differently in that chapter. But nonetheless, to devoid or or to to, um, not associate God's goodness with where he currently has you is a horrible thing that leads you to a lack of joy in your relationship status. In other words, he's saying, listen, lead the life that's assigned to you to which God has called you. I want us to notice two things out of that verse really quick. One is this. <clears throat> it's just another recap of our reason for contentment. Uh, God's sovereignty in relationship status is abundantly clear in this verse. You cannot walk away from this verse thinking that God doesn't have something to do with your current relationship status. You can't. Well, you can. You basically have to just rip this verse out of the Bible. Okay? Okay. Or number two, you can accept, okay, God has me where he has me, and that's the level of contentment. He's, he's always doing something. He's always cultivating something. So I want to notice that, number one. But number two, and more peculiarly, I want you to look at the responsibility again, I think, in this verse, to seek joy in both the freedoms and boundaries of relationship status. On the screen above, it's in italics. Did you notice that little phrase, lead the life? In other words, the life doesn't lead you, but you choose to functionally lead out in that life that God has you in. And I think we lose joy in our current relationship status when we get lazy. When we get out of God's bounds. When we don't pursue all the freedoms that God gives us. When we just kind of get apathetic with who we're with or we get apathetic that we have freedoms as a single, when we get apathetic lazy, or we just forget God has an abundant joy for me in the current status that I'm at, and we're not currently leading that life, we'll lose joy. I don't want you to lose joy. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this, okay? I want you to have joy wherever you're at, whether you are married or single, and I want it to blossom through your life. Man, I want people to say, of safe haven people, they may say this, they may say, that's those guys who are forever stuck in that gym. Not true. Once again, we have signed the contract on the land. Hallelujah. Okay? Yeah. But number two, I want people to say this. Man, those people just seem to be a people of joy. I think the number one thing that robs us of joy is wishing we were something else or with somebody else. I think relationships jack it all up. I want you to have joy. And I think this is what Paul says. Now, let's look at this lead thing. I think this is the key to joy. He uses this word, potato. Right? Sound like potato, okay? Um, and what this, this word that he chooses literally means to lead the life or to walk around with purpose word parry, around, pateo, walk. So to walk in a manner in your relationship status that has purpose. So you're walking within the bounds that God has given you, and you're also experiencing the freedoms that God has given you. In other words, the picture he's painting here is relationally, as he says, let each person lead the life God has assigned him in a manner that you are currently carving out or trampling down a path. You are actively, intentionally choosing to cultivate the joy in the relationship that you're currently in. You're doing it. It doesn't say that God is just going to lay joy on you because that is the lie we believe. Right? I can't tell you how many singles I've heard this. say this, man, if I could just get married, I would finally find joy. How many married people in here would like to stand up and talk to those people right now? And go, uh, (laughs) right? The married people would go, yeah, there's joy to be had, but if you think it's all joy and rosy-dozies, I don't even know what a rosy-dozy is, but nonetheless, let's go with it. If you think it's all that, then you've got a distorted perception, right? I've also heard married people say this. If I was just single again, (laughs) if I could get rid of the old ball and chain... (laughs) whatever that even means, right? If I could get rid of that, boy, then I'd be happy again. And then how many single people would love to stand up to those people, oh, no, 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 you're missing out on what you have in front of you. Singles, can I get amen? We all miss out on what we, because we miss out on the joys and the boundaries and the freedoms that we currently have is what I'm getting at. And that's what Paul says, is walk around with purpose in the status that you're in. So do you want God's design for your relational joy? Then don't just walk around aimlessly all over the place. Have purpose in your steps. Don't just sulk in one spot. Oh, woe is me. Kind of that Eeyore status. Oh, woe is me. No, no, don't sit around and sulk. Experience the joy that you have. Don't be drugged around by what other people say your status should be like. But you lead the life. You lead it. You don't get pulled around. You lead out. Pursue it is what he's getting at. Master the status that you're in if you want joy. And if you find yourself unjoyful, it's not because God isn't offering you joy it's because you aren't owning your own joy. I'm gonna say that again. If you find yourself currently unjoyful in your status relation, relationally, it's not because God's not offering you joy, it's because you're not owning that joy. And so let's look at the joys real fast and we'll be done. I wanna remind us today not of the negatives, but the positives. So what are the joys of unity or being married? Look on the screen. Here's some of the joys. Let me remind us married people, the joys of unity. Number one, there's sexual freedom. Let's just go ahead and throw the ball up and just hit it out the park, okay? Let's make everybody uncomfortable right off the bat. There is the joys of sexual freedom. The albatross, praise the Lord, is no longer hanging around your neck, choking the life out of you. There's sexual freedom in unity. Another joy of unity or marriage, conversational availability. If you're married, you have a 24-7 someone that's a sounding board to process life with. Don't miss out on that. Don't miss that joy. As a united person, you have companionship. Knowing that someone is near even in the hard parts of life. You find as a single, when everything gets hard, everybody disappears. When it's great, everybody's around you. But as a united someone, you have somebody to share that with, even the hard parts of life. But you also have this, camaraderie. Knowing that someone is not only near you, but they're also in your corner. As a married person, you have this, a life of memory making Every day is a chance to carve a new memory, and you never know when a new one's going to pop up. As a united married person, you have that. Don't miss that. That every day is God's doing stuff that's a brand new, fresh memory. As a united person, there's joy in the fact that you have missional opportunities. As a married person, you can, or as a united person, you can minister by opening your home up, by sharing your stories, by sharing your life as a married couple, in ways that singles can't do. Another joy of marital unity is this, parenting. (laughs) God believes that you are capable of raising another human and then letting them go, right? And right now, a lot of us in this room are thinking, that Troy is not a joy, and it is. (laughs) It is. It is. But you have that joy. God believes in you. And as someone said this week, God believes in me, but I don't believe in me, okay? Okay? But God believes in you. That's why he gave you the kids that you have, whether they're adopted or whether they're biological. It doesn't matter. He believes in you. Another joy of unity is this, a new identity. You're no longer who you once were, but the two have become one flesh. There's a simple joy in this when I get to introduce Julie Beth to somebody new that I often forget. I can say, this is Julie Beth, my wife, led by this, number one, You're kind of shocked that she is married to me, right? To which everybody goes, yes, very much so. But then number two, this is Julie Beth, my spouse, my wife. Simple joy. And when you get to introduce your partner to somebody else, you're able to say, this is so-and-so, my husband. It's a brand new identity. It's a joy we often forget. Off this, uh, let's keep going, there's also a life of learning to have joy in and Unity. You learn something new about that person every single day. Nobody knows that person like you know that person. That's a gift God's given you. Don't miss it. Another thing is this, praying and studying the gospel together. That is a very real joy. Church, don't miss out on that. If you are... a A united married couple, don't miss out on that. It is a joy to be had. And so if you're going, I'm currently not experiencing joy, I'm just asking, man, are you taking advantage of these things? Let's do it. And then the last thing, I would say this. One of the joys that I love most about being married is laughing and playing together in secret. Those little things that nobody else knows. And you have them too if you're married, don't you? And right now, you're like, Troy, do not unlock that and start talking. Well, I'm going to. No, I'm not, I promise. Uh, But you know what I'm talking about? You have those little things that not only you're you're not going to tell anybody else, but you don't even want anybody else to know because it's just between you and your spouse. That's a joy that's unique. Don't miss out on them. Now, marriage, keep pondering those things. Singles, there's joy to be had in singleness. Don't miss out on that joy. The joys of independence, let's be reminded of that. Number one, there's sexual freedom. And all the singles just said, whoa, wait, I thought these were joys. Well, here's what I'm saying by that. Ask any married person and you'll find out that roses also have very real thorns. One of the number one reasons people get divorced is because of sex within their marriage. And so we look at it and we say, that's a wonderful thing, but also married people will go, whoa, 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 whoa. you have a freedom right now and you're not experiencing frustration in a way that married people do because God has given you this gift of sexual freedom in your singleness. We can discuss that more later for people struggling with that. But number two, oh man, singles, you can travel on a whim. (laughs) You are only as bound as you budget for. You can go experience Europe Australia, Canada, Germany, and do it all in one weekend? (laughs) Married people, how many of y'all can do that? And nobody said amen, right? You you can't. Singles, thrive in this. God has given you this freedom. There's also abundant ministry to be had as a single. You're able to pour your life out in discipling other people in a way married people cannot do. You can cultivate that, relationships, and you can have that non-biased ear that people need. Singles don't miss out on that joy. Singles also can have the joy of this, in making sure that they don't settle or you don't settle for less. You don't have to get married just because everybody expects it. God has you in your singleness where you are to where you don't have to settle for less. You still have time to think through, okay, what does God want for me? And a lot of people get married, this is the honest truth, just because they've been dating through high school, they get done with high school, they graduate college, and everybody says to them, when are you going to get married? And a lot of times married people step into that just because they think that's what's next for me. Without processing, what do I really... Singles, you don't have to settle. You have time to process. This is a good joy. Also this, personal devotion. Unlimited time to deepen your relationship with God. Single people can go to Lake Lerling... Sit down in a hammock for hours. And you know what? It don't matter. I went to work out yesterday, and the first question Julie Beth said to me was, Hey, how long is it going to be? That's the first question. Because we do, in marriages, there's this bounding singles. You don't have that binding. You have freedom to experience that joy in personal devotion and to dive deep with the Lord for long periods of time. Don't miss that. Another joy of being singles is this, is you can embrace spontaneity. You can create an endless bucket list and check off that bad boy as often as you want to. Embrace that spontaneity. Single people can also do this. Don't miss out on becoming the best version of yourself. Do you want to work on your hobbies or arts or singles? Do you want to binge watch Marvel movies for three days straight? You can. You can. You can. And if you're like, I don't want to do that, well, you know what? You can come be the daddy for the Nicholson household and I'll binge watch them for you. (laughs) We can swap. We can make a switcheroo, right? You can do this. You have that freedom. That is a joy you have. Don't miss out on it. You have a freedom to be selfish. You can cherish the promptings of the Holy Spirit in ways that married people cannot. I believe that. I believe the Spirit speaks to single people in a different way for different purposes. And a lot of times, single people miss out on the promptings of the Holy Spirit because they wish they were married. And the Spirit's going, no, 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 I have purpose for you here and now. Just listen and let me let you thrive in your singleness. Finally, singles share life with other singles. You are way more valuable to other singles as a single than you think. Why? Because you can identify with them in a way that married people cannot. And lastly, singles are indeed the pillars of the church. And this didn't preacher speak. This is real deal McCoy. Singles have a warped view of the church in this way. They go, the church just views me as a workhorse. That is garbage. It's garbage. The church looks at you singles, and we don't often applaud you, but here's what you need to hear singles. Safe Haven is blessed to have you. We don't view you as just a workhorse to pull off what married people can't do. We view you as valuable pillars who are achieving what married people cannot achieve. That's a blessing to which all married people within Safe Haven ought to say amen and amen. Prathema Gillum Wrote an article, Singles, and I just want to read one quip of it. And I would encourage you to shoot me an email today or shoot me a text if you want this article. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. Singles, you need to read this. I love this. Here's what she says. Singles, we live sometimes as if singlehood is just practice for a later time that will really show who we can be as Christians. This is a dangerous pattern of thinking. We as singles are not less than Christian because we're single. We are recipients and redeemers of the gospel in our single lives just as much as if we were when we become married. That is good stuff right there. And so while we could spend time looking at the negatives again, we're not. We're going to wrap it up there. That's the joy. Don't miss out on the current joy that you have by wishing you had something else. We'll be counterproductive if we focus on the negatives, and we'll honor Scripture if we really understand let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Parting shot as the band comes up. Rejoicing is a choice. Rejoicing is intentional. And if cultivated, rejoicing will indeed become a natural reflex. The gospel changes things. Not because it gives us handcuffs that make us lift a miss out on life. The gospel's not handcuffs that go, oh, this this is where you're bound, or no no no. The gospel is the key that unlocks freedom, gives us freedom to thrive. God changes things. Will you choose to embrace the joy today or reject it? I want y'all to be happy. I want me to be happy. I don't have life figured out, okay? If you hear me saying that me and Julie Beth have it figured out, you have been in our house or around us for 30 seconds. Because you'll figure out we're messed up real quick. But I think scripture's true. Don't miss out on the joy that God has for you. Let's pray together. Well, Lord, thank you for a chance to just kind of think through life today. One simple verse. So much power. God, I'm thankful for every single man and woman and boy and girl in this room. God, I'm thankful that life doesn't terminate in what we wish it could be. But you are a God who offers boundless joy before us. If we'll be intentional in the freedoms that you give us to experience as singles and the freedoms that you give us to indulge in as married people. God, that we'll be overwhelmed and each day refreshed anew that you lay out before us endless possibilities to experience life both forevermore true in Christ, but you also give us life now, right here, right now in Northport, Alabama. You give us real life right now to be had. May Safe Haven people revel in your joy. Jesus, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.